Blog Talk Radio. Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. We certainly appreciate everybody joining us on this beautiful Thursday night. We have quite a show for you coming up. Trainer Jimmy Thack is going to join us. Uh, going to talk a little bit about Always Be Mickey. We're going to go back about a week and a half or so, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that thrilling performance by Always Be Mickey, the uh, fastest mile ever in the sport of harness racing, 146 down at the Red Mile. We'll talk to Jimmy about that. Plus, we're going to take a look at uh, some of his other horses that are coming up. It's Breeders' Crown Elimination time coming up this weekend at the Meadowlands, and we'll talk to Jimmy about all those going on. Plus, the VIP Internet Stable's very own Tom James is going to join us at about 7.15 or so. It's our ongoing series about VIP stables. We're going to talk to Tom about some Breeders' Crown action as well. Daryl Wood from the Virginia Equine Alliance is going to join us. And we're going to talk a little bit about Shenandoah Downs. That's right. They just completed their uh, inaugural paramutual meet. Went for five weekends. We're going to talk to Daryl about uh, how that went. Plus, it's our ongoing series about Pompano Park. Track announcer Gabe Pruitt's going to join us now. You may want to stick around because Gabe is a huge, huge Dodgers fan, and I am a huge, huge Cub fan. So, uh, and it's a big game five tonight with that series locked at two down at LA. So, we're going to uh, talk with Gabe about that as well as uh, some action at Pompano Park. And uh, Winnie Morgan Nemeth from New Vocations is uh, going to join us. She's going to tell us about a new vocations breeders crown uh, drive that they've got coming up uh, here uh, in the next couple of days. So we're going to talk to Winnie about that as well. So we have a jam packed program on this edition of post time with Mike and Mike presented by bet America. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, it's hall of fame trainer, Jimmy Tactor on the other side of this commercial break. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland Cruz and want to tell you all about betamerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus 
on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Ever dream of owning your own racehorse? How would you like to get in the winner's circle? With the number one harness racing partnership in the U.S., VIP State. There's nothing like the thrill of your horse coming down the stretch. To find out more, call VIP Stable at 877-VIP-WIN-1 or visit us on the web at www.vipstable.com. Turning horse racing fans into racehorse owners. Be a winner. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. We're back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, and right now we're joined by Hall of Fame trainer Jimmy Tactor. Jimmy, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you, thank you very much, Jimmy. Let's uh, go back about a week and a half or so to one of the most thrilling, if not the most thrilling moments in all of harness racing the fastest mile ever paced uh, ever went in the sport 146 by uh, the great always be mickey uh, first of all your thoughts uh, on that race and as he was coming down the stretch uh, did you kind of feel that uh, that was going to indeed happen well you know when i saw him because i was standing in the paddock turning lexington and i i saw it live outside i didn't look at the tv and i saw david had the you know, very much control over the horse. I mean, the horse looked very good and strong, and he pacing hard there. And uh, when I saw the three-quarter uh, come up, and then I say, uh, you know, maybe going to be a shot here, you know. I mean, he still came 26-1 and one, uh, last quarter, so, you know, uh, nah, he paced his heart out there. It was, it was a big thrill for me, actually, was it? Certainly did. Uh, as a matter of fact, we uh, just opened up our post-time awards and uh, for nominations, and uh, Sam McKee is already getting a lot of support for Race Call of the Year with that because Sam came out of his shoes, and I think we all did, Jimmy. Uh, and you mentioned in the Winner's Circle interview, uh, obviously, that it was a very emotional moment uh, for you. Now that it's kind of set in uh, a little bit uh, and you kind of look back on it, uh, you know, what, what, what are you feeling at this point? Well, you know, I mean, this was is, you know, he's he's such a trooper. I mean, what he gone through, you know, in his career. So it's it's just amazing, you know. I mean, within two years, he he actually fractured, uh, you know, uh, you know, both his hind ankles, and uh, you know, I mean, he came back a, a year, you know, after those two things and win the British Crown last year, and and you know, I mean, uh, you know, he hasn't been an easiest horse in the world to you know work with that part, you know, but. Uh, He's such a lovely horse, and uh, and uh, his ability, you know, for doing what he do, it's it's just, uh, you know, just amazing horse. No question about it. And uh, his next uh, 
obstacle to counter, uh, his next obstacle to counter is coming up at the Breeders' Crown. And obviously, first things first, coming up on uh, Friday, he'll be in action right at the middle of the Meadowlands program, uh, a field of 10, which is ob- obviously a bit of a tightener for uh, next weekend. But uh, give us your thoughts on uh, his upcoming race. He trained really good. Uh, we trained him here Tuesday on this track, straight track, and uh, he felt awesome. And I just, you know, I mean, he's kind of horse that, uh, you know, I don't normally train so much on, uh, you know, round track. I, I train him more on the straight track, which is a, a very soft surface. And, uh, and you know, he's a big horse. And if I got to be racing sharp for the British crown, I mean, I like to have a race in him between there, you know, because otherwise it's going to be three weeks. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I expect it not going to be an elimination. And uh, I was actually surprised it was 10 horses dropping in but uh, for elimination. Uh, but, uh, uh, I mean, for the final. So I was, uh, I was happy they actually got a race for him because he, he's such a big horse and he needs, you know, uh, a little blow out there to, you know, you know, you're going to face uh, Wiggly and Yiggly next uh, week. And, uh, you know, how good that horse is. And uh, we need to be sharp as he is. Absolutely. It's been a great rivalry watching uh, always be Mickey and Wiggle and Jiggle at Lockhorns throughout the year and, and uh, just trading blows and trading wins. Um, obviously, we've read the articles. Uh, I'd like to hear from you. What's uh, what's beyond the road, beyond the Breeders' Crown for uh, always be Mickey? Uh, we have uh, TVG coming up after, and that will be his last performance out on the track. And uh, after that, he's going to head to Pennsylvania, standing at uh, Diamond Creek Farm. And uh, I'm excited about that for him, too. You know, I mean, uh, it was, you know, something that you hate to lose a horse like that. Uh, you know, you like to race them forever because they, I know how hard they are to come by these kind of horses. So, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> I think it's time for him to, you know, uh, you know, do his styling and duties, and I think he's uh, going to be an outstanding uh, potential for uh, styling business. Yeah, certainly is. Jimmy, let's take a look at a, a, a couple of the other horses that you have coming up, Breeders' Crown Eliminations, uh, both on Friday and Saturday at the Meadowlands. Uh, second race coming up on Friday, a fantastic two-year-old filly trotter in your tutelage by the name of Ariana G. She's just been outstanding. She's eight of nine in the win column. She's been very, very good. Uh, give us your thoughts on her as uh, she prepares for Breeders' Ground action. I, th- I thought the race you did in Lake Sinton, I think it's got to be the one of the better performances I've seen a two-year-old filly do ever. You know, I mean, it's uh, she. Yannick just shut it down down the stretch. He, yeah, you know, I mean, it looked like she could have done, uh, you know, a second faster. That that's the way she trotted down the stretch, and uh, she's she's just amazing. I mean, uh, she's not a very big filly, so it's just really a little bit surprising how she, she can be that good. But she's such an effective way of going, and uh, and apparently she must have a lung capacity that is humongous. You know, I mean, she is she's a fighter. She's tough to get by, and uh, I feel very optimistic about her chances for the race crown. All right, Breeders' Crown elimination, uh, Phillies and Mares open, and I'll tell you what, the Phillies and Mares, uh, the age points are always very, very competitive. Katie sends uh, right amongst there with the best. She's 4-1 to in the morning line. She draws the rail. Uh, give me your thoughts on how she's coming into the race. Uh, I, she raced good, actually, in Chester last start, and, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, 
She'd been a bad lucky horse. I mean, she should have won. I think John Campbell had the, you know, the British crown on the fourth last year, you know. I mean, but she's, she'd been a very bad lucky horse. I mean, everything we, you know, every time we'd money on the line, uh, some shit happened. And, uh, you know, she'd been a very frustrating horse to be around that way. I mean, she hasn't been an easy horse. I mean, she's she known to do little breaks here and there. She did that uh, last year, a little bit here and there. But she'd been very stable this year. Started out really good early this year and uh, had a little fall down, uh, you know, during the summer. But uh, I think she's on the way up, and I, I, I consider her a little sleeper in the in the race. You know, I mean, she's uh, you can never rule her out because she had that wicked speed. I mean, you see her in the Chester when she can sit last and uh, sweep the field, you know, uh, and oh, yeah. win by two, uh, you know, which is. Uh, uh, very tough to do on that track, you know. I mean, uh, she's 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 wicked fast. So it's if the pace set up right for her, she she's she's the kind of work that you never can rule out. But you can never count on her either. <laughs> right, right. Look, looking ahead to Saturday, Jimmy, three-year-old Philly Paces will be in action. And, of course, uh, Pure Country, who was just outstanding as a two-year-old, undefeated 10 for 10, having another good year here in 2016, just about $41,000 under $1 million of career earnings this campaign. Uh, and uh, she, you put her on Lasix after the uh, Jugette performance where she finished fourth, and she's been uh, very good in her two starts since then. Your thoughts on her? Yeah, I... I thought there was something going on on her. We, 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 you know, we. I didn't think she raced all that good, you know, for a little while there. You know, I thought, you know, I blamed myself. I overmatched against the boys, but the same token, uh, you cannot regret things you're doing, you know. But uh, you know, uh, she she had no luck in the Colts divisions, you know, because she drove the 11 hole in uh, in Medlands and uh, got really shuffled back, and then we took her to. Northfield and she draw the sixth hole against Better's line, Better's line, and she finished good second there. And I mean, she's, she's, she's. Uh, after that, she, I thought she maybe was not as good, and there uh, was something going on. And uh, we scoped a couple times, couldn't find anything. And then she raced two heats in the Delaware, and I didn't think she raced good at all. And uh, and uh, we actually found that she was bleeding a little bit, and it's possible she was bleeding a little deeper down than we were able to detect on her. So. We decided, you know, end of the year now, year now and uh, put it on Lasix. And I, I, I think, as, especially last thought, she was unbelievable good. She was very, very good. Um, she was kind of in spot that, you know, really hard to win, you know, because, uh, no, but she's, she's, she's just a good horse. And uh, she normally do right in the big races and uh, winning those. And uh, But it's a tough division. It's a big different in elimination. You know, we got four really good fillies in that division. So it's, uh, it's not going to be easy. Well, Jimmy, as per usual, this time of year, you're going to be very, very busy. The Tanker Stable will be well represented coming up, uh, not only the Breeders' Crown eliminations, but certainly the Breeders' Crown next weekend. Jimmy, we'll catch up with you next weekend. We certainly appreciate the phone call, my friend. Okay. I thank you very much. All right. That was uh, Jimmy Tanker, Hall of Fame trainer. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, what a what a moment in harness racing. It always be Mickey stop the clock at one forty six uh, down at the red mile about a week and a half ago. And obviously Jimmy tank, will be a very, very busy person coming up uh, for uh, breeders crown, a uh, lot of representation there. Speaking of representation at the breeders crown, uh, we've got our man, Tom James from the VIP stable on deck. We're going to touch a little bit more on the Breeders' Crown Plus. We're going to see what's going on at the VIP stables. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. We'll be back in just a moment. 
Ever dream of owning your own racehorse? How would you like to get in the winner's circle with the number one harness racing partnership in the U.S.? VIP State. There's nothing like the thrill of your horse coming down the stretch. To find out more, call VIP Stable at 877-VIP-WIN-1 or visit us on the web at www.vipstable.com. Turning horse racing fans into racehorse owners. Be a winner. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Plenty left on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Uh, coming up, uh, Gabe Pruitt's going to be joining us, the uh, big time Dodger fan, and he's going to be going head to head with a big time Cubs fan here. So it's going to be a segment that you're not going to want to miss. It's our uh, ongoing series of Pompano Park. He's going to tell us a little bit about what's going on down at the winter capital of harness racing. Plus, Winnie Morgan, Nemeth, Daryl Wood, lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. But first, it's time to. Uh, revisit our ongoing series with the VIP Stables. We're going to bring in Tom James from VIP. Tom, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Mike. How are you doing? Fantastic. The Breeders' Crown, everybody's excited for it. I uh, have a lot of great fields, a lot of great action, a lot of drama headed into the, headed into the Breeders' Crown. Uh, tell us uh, about VIP's representation in the big event. Well, we're pretty excited to uh, be in that first first elimination on uh, on Saturday with our Two-year-old trotter, uh, give it gas and go. He's uh, coming on, coming into that race of, um, you know, a track record over at uh, Tiny Track Record at the uh, Keystone Classic at the Meadows. Uh, set a lifetime mark, set a stakes record. Uh, he's won seven in a row, so you know we're cautiously optimistic. We're extremely excited. Uh, he's just a heck of a, a nice trotter, and we think John's got him ready for this. He prepped him perfectly, we believe, for this event. And uh, even though we drew him to an unbelievably tough field, uh, this could be the Breeders' uh, Crown Final here. Um, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be tough. And uh, we, we sure can't wait to get there. And let's lay it on the line. What, what do you think the chances of winning are? Well, you know, <laughs> we got to go against uh, Linda's horse and Walner, who just uh, went down the red mile, won 51-3. and three. And, uh, you know, Julie Miller's got a nice trotter in there, a devious man, 53-2. and two. Wow, they're going to be tough. You know, our goal in there uh, this week is really just to make that top five and make it to the following week's finals. So uh, I think we're going to be a competitor. We're going to be right there. Um, you know, last week he, uh, you know, give a gas and go to work pretty hard from the eight hole. He cleared the lead, had a couple of horses looking in the eye and kept on going. So we're going to find out what he's made of this week, but uh, we think we have a shot. How is he trained up uh, heading into the event or uh, into the elimination and uh, hopefully to the finals? Uh, he, he's trained great. Um, John's been really happy with him. 
Um, you know, we went from the Liberty Bell, gave him a week off, then to the Keystone Classic for the prep uh, last week where he was great uh, despite a uh, tough post, tough trip. So he was very game. And, you know, he's tight. He's ready to go. You know, you talk about a lot of different things and a lot of different uh, thrills, I think, go into owning a particular horse, and especially when you have one uh, with the ability of give it gas and go, who's, you know, quickly entering harness racing's biggest biggest stage. In your opinion, uh, Tom, what excitement do you see uh, with owning a horse uh, like a give it gas and go? You know, uh, it's a dream come true for a lot of guys. You know, uh, I was I was telling Ed the other day, uh, my partner, Ed O'Connor, said, hey, Ed, it's just you know, I just got this letter from one of our members. Uh, I'll read it to you. I think this kind of says it all as far as what it is like for, you know, just the average guy to get involved with a racehorse like this. It said, you know, dear Tom and Ed, my wife and I just want to let you know that we never thought we'd have the opportunity to get involved with a horse like giving gas, give a gas and go for William for VIP. The excitement that he's generated for my family is hard to describe. We still can't believe we have a shot at the Breeders' Crown this weekend. It's simply a dream come true. Best of luck to all on Saturday. And thank you. I mean, I think that says it all as far as, you know, what we do, what we are all about as far as trying to get anyone who is interested in harness racing from the ownership perspective to either, you know, dip your toe in the water and find out what it's all about or, you know, diversify your portfolio instead of buying one yearling, you know, get in on four or five yearlings. And uh, as we know, the yearling game is a tough game, but if you want to get to the big dance, you want to get to the breeders, you want to get to the sire stakes, you want to get to, you know, uh, the Hambo, the Meadowlands base, et cetera. You know, you have, to have, you have to usually be in on several horses, you know, to do that. And to be involved with a horse like this, um, you know, you can't say anything more than it's just total excitement. You know, you brought up a real good point about uh, diversifying, you know, especially when you're focusing uh, on yearlings. And I know you touched on it. But uh, I think it's a, it's an important, real important thing, especially for new owners uh, that may be getting into it. Why, in your opinion, is diversifying yearlings so important? Well, you know, the yearlings, you, you buy a racehorse, you kind of know what they are. If you buy a $20,000 racehorse, 20000 claimer, you know what he is. The yearling game, you know, it's trying to figure out whether a, uh, you know, a t-baller is going to make it to his high school baseball team. It's pretty difficult to figure that out. You can look at their parents and you can look at their brothers and sisters and see if they're athletic as far as their pedigree is concerned. But you just never know, if, you know, between the ears that, that that kid or that horse wants to wants to do it. So in order to really improve your chances, instead of putting all your money into, you know, one horse, uh, just like with a stock, you diversify it into several. One yearling that, that pops just like a give it, gas, and go does, can more than, you know, cover the cost and everything as far as your entire portfolio courses are concerned. So this game, just like for the stock or stock market getting involved with a mutual fund, allows you not to just rely on how one horse does and live and die with that one horse, but, and especially with the yearling game, which is, you know, simply the riskiest part of uh, harness racing ownership, you definitely have to get involved with uh, diversifying and trying to get a piece of four or five to have a legitimate chance of, of having a successful, uh, uh, go with it. Tom, last time we talked to you a couple of weeks ago, you were at the uh, Lexington Yearling Sale down at the Red Mile. Uh, give us your recap of that. And uh, another interesting point, I think we were just talking about diversifying yearlings, but also uh, VIP Stables uh, tends to use a few different trainers. Why, do you, in your opinion, is using uh, two or more trainers better than using one? 
Well, uh, let me just touch on the, the trainer aspect and as far as it relates to the breeder's ground for a second. Um, you know, you're obviously looking for honest, successful trainers that, you know, kind of been to the dance before. And we're fortunate enough to be dealing with guys like John Budenshane, Brian Brown, Mark Carter, and Tom Fanning. Each of those guys, each of our yearling trainers, has a, uh, has a two-year-old in this week's uh, this weekend's breeder's ground. So you can start there by trying to find trainers who know what they're doing, who've been there before. Um, and, and some of them, quite honestly, as far as we want to diversify with them as far uh, as far as that's concerned as well. Some of our trainers, like a John Budenshain, I think, uh, has a shining more for uh, trotters and does very well with them. Other folks, uh, you know, uh, probably like Mark Carter's, obviously has more than his share of success with Pacers. You know, he's won the uh, Meadowlands Pace before. So you just try to diversify both the horses and the trainers, find a strong suit for each. And we also, of course, try to find something in um, every state and every location for every owner out there. So it's a, it's a combination of things, but certainly trying to get involved with as many good trainers as possible is only, only you know, help your chances. Certainly, a lot of yeah. them have strengths, and uh, and yeah, and I, and, you know, and if you could, you know, kind of match horses with trainers' strengths, I think that certainly gives you uh, a big advantage. Yeah, and I think we've done that. Um, you know, actually going into Lexington, uh, I think we we purchased six yearlings in Lexington. Um, three trotters um, are with John Boonjane. You know, John just has an eye for them. He's done very well with them. Uh, one of them being uh, House Hubby, who is horse 182. He's a can't have fall trotter, trotting colt. Uh, he's actually PA in Kentucky bred. You have the uh, Kentucky eligible. This year you have a lot of uh, Kentucky eligibles uh, where they can be dual eligible in, in two states, New York and Kentucky or Pennsylvania Kentucky. You'll see several. Uh, if the the uh, yearling was sold in, in Kentucky, you're going to have some dual eligibility. So that makes it pretty exciting. You have a shot at making a little bit more, uh, so a few more opportunities perhaps for you. House Hubby is a, a can't have fall colt who, uh, you know, John Budenshain marked, you know, as an A-plus. He had seen him in the field at Kentuckiana. I uh, just love this horse and said, you're going to buy this horse. I don't care how much it costs. You're going to get him. He's a full brother to a uh, stakes winner Modern Family. who's made over a half a million dollars. That of a sister to world champion um, Mayor Maven. We all know who she is. Um, and, you know, as far as karma is concerned, um, the, we have a couple of partners on this horse, and it's the Giving Gas and Go partners. So, We've got a little bit of karma going on this horse. We did pay 70000 for this guy, so you know he certainly looks the part. He has a pedigree a little bit higher than we typically go for horses for yearling, but uh, everything kind of fell into place with this one. And uh, We actually saw you know, a little bit available for one of the out there who was interested in getting involved with a top-notch trotting yearling. Um, as we moved on down to the sale, we got a, a couple more Yankee Glides, which we've had a lot of success with. Obviously, get a gas and go. I think horse uh, hip number 476 was Glider Man, which is another PA Kentucky bred trotting colt, uh, a Yankee Glide that, uh, uh, you know, John again had seen out in the field and said, I love him. Uh, he only went for 30000 so we picked him up. Actually, that one already sold out, as, as of a lot of our trotters uh, with John. Uh, Nixie Bolo is another uh, hip number 601 that we put up at Lexington, another PA Kentucky bred trotting silly by Yankee Glide. Uh, again, we like the Yankee Glide. Um, you know, John again said, you know, he's got the body of a horse that should sell on, on the first night. We got it for 22000 Our members recognized that and immediately sold that one out. <laughs> so, um, you know, our horses are kind of going quickly uh, just because of the success that John has had. And, and obviously, a lot of our folks are trying to go for our $10,000 bonus. 
healing bonus that we've offered this year. The, the last one that we got was John Boonshin's actually switched over to a pacer. Uh, Ed and I wanted to get a, a New York pacer, and um, it was one of tip number 516, Major Steve is an art major cult, who again is New York and Kentucky eligible. We were looking to get something in the twenty to $30,000 range, and he was on the last night. He was the second horse to sell, and, you know, sometimes you get lucky, and there weren't a whole lot of people there at the time, and we got this pacer for $10,000. So we had him marked in the 20s. We got him for 10. We're extremely happy to get him. We actually still have a little bit of him available if anyone is interested. Um, then we picked up a couple with Mark Harder, and, you know, Mark is great. You know, he, he's got some of the top horses in the country, including, you know, he's got a three-year-old Philly uh, Blue Moon's Drive going on the Breeders' Crown uh, night. Uh, he's, of course, trained Golden Receiver in a whole bunch of Mark's just an outstanding individual. He's done a great job with young horses. We picked up a couple with him. Uh, hip number 105 at Lexington. Um, Sonny Sammy, who's a PA bred. Uh, Chili, by Well Said. Um, what can you say about Well Said? He, he's you know, been, been a terrific sire uh, with Meadow Williams' uh, pace winner control at the moment. Um, from the mayor, who's a 100% producer, and uh, we're very excited to have one with Mark uh, of this quality. Uh, this uh, solely cost us $40,000. Yeah, we still have a little bit left up, if someone's interested. And the last one we got at Lexington, again, with uh, Mark Carter, was at 205. Was, um, of course, his name is a two year old cult, I'm sorry, a yearling cult, stolen art, New York bread pacer by Art Major. And, uh, you know, in an art major cult is, is, is pretty exciting. And it's out of a mare uh, called, um, out of a dialacting mare called Hilarious. Uh, she's a dam of six previous winners. Um, million Dollar Smile has made almost a half a million. And the, the family is just loaded with uh, horses such as Swinging Beauties, made 800,000. And just a terrific family with terrific, big, strong looking cult that should do very well in New York, uh, in New York Sire Stakes. Uh, we paid 50000 for him. Again, a little bit is less on that one as well. So we're extremely excited. Uh, these are six of the 15 yearlings that we have so far at CIP. Can be any happier with what we got so far. Yeah, it sounds tremendous. I mean, you know, you, you buy these horses, and it's it's kind of like filling out a roster, and then you pair them with trainers, and uh, even you know matching them up into territories. You know, like you were saying, New York and Pennsylvania, in uh, other places, and uh, and then you know, next thing you know, a year or two down the road, you have a horse like Give It Gas and Go that's, uh, you know, that could be uh, supplying a, an opportunity and a, a dream of a lifetime. So it's it's a lot of fun. Um, Tom, real quick, if anybody wants any information. Uh, or if anybody, uh, you know, is interested and, and wants to get a hold of VIP Stable, tell them how they could do so. Well, the best way to do it is simply go to our website, which is just simply VIPStable.com. There's contact information there. Uh, you can get our phone number. Or just drop us an email. You can drop me one at Tom at VIPStable.com. Uh, if you just want to get on our mailing list, you just want to ask us a couple of questions, you want to know about the costs involved with the expenses, uh, you want to know what, you know, uh, you know, what are the minimum amounts to get involved with? How can I start? You know, we try to cater to folks who are new to the game who want to try to understand it. Uh, we'll go slow with folks. We'll make sure that they understand what they're doing. We make sure they try to understand, we try to explain to them, you know, the risks involved with harness racing. And uh, we try to make it a, an enjoyable experience. So um, check out our website at VIPstable.com or, or uh, drop us a note or give us a call, and we'll be sure to try to help you out. 
All right, Tom, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, our ongoing series with VIP Stables. Best of luck coming up on the Breeders' Crown Eliminations. And, uh, hey, maybe next week we'll be talking about uh, the Breeders' Crown Final, my friend. Oh, boy, we hope to see you there. All right, Tom, take care, my friend. Okay, bye-bye now. All right, that was Tom Jane's uh, VIP Stables' very own uh, getting ready with uh, a very, very solid trotter, a horse and I chance to watch Gaston go. He's just been just phenomenal, and uh, he's headed into the Breeders' Crown elimination, of course, uh, with the chance of making it to the Breeders' Crown, and I'll tell you what, he's, he's as every bit as good as anybody in that particular division, so we'll have to see uh, what's going to happen with him. Right now, we're joined uh, by our co-host, Mike Carter. Mike, are you with us? Yeah, I'm only a half hour behind, but I'm here. That's all that matters. Well, that's all right. No, you, you, you're on hold. You're on hold. In all, in all fairness, you're on hold for about 15 minutes. So, you know, it's not like you're a whole well, half hour late. Well, listen, you know, I, you know, I'm having to work over the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, my boss has uh, had some surgery. So I'm here at the track on Thursday nights. And uh, so, you know what? I'm here. We're ready to go. And, uh, Mike, we actually got somebody who's going to join us for the Around the Horn segment. Uh, but we'll leave that as a little bit of a surprise. I'll send you a uh, send you a message with who it is. Okay, well, we'll keep uh, people in suspense. Uh, we still have a lot to go on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We have our ongoing series of Pompano Park. Gabe Pruitt's going to join us in just a few minutes. Plus, Mike Carter had a chance to sit down and talk with Daryl Wood of the Virginia Equine Alliance. And, uh, Mike, I'll tell you, I had a chance to hear the interview. I was putting it together, and uh, we'll play it here in just a couple of minutes. But uh, Daryl really, really sounded excited and pleased about the inaugural paramutual meet at Shenandoah. Yeah, he did, and for good reason. The amount of money that was bet there um, is just unheard of for that type of town. And so I think everybody was really impressed with the amount of money that was wagered, the type of racing that they've got. And, uh, we, you know, get, we're going to hear from Daryl. Daryl talked about uh, that they are considering expanding the meat just a little bit. Uh, so it, it's going uh, to be a lot of fun for the Virginia horsemen. All right, plus we have Winnie Morgan Nemeth coming from uh, New Vocations. She's going to be uh, telling us about what's going on with New Vocations. They have something something interesting right around the corner, so she's going to tell us about that. We have lots left on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a moment. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standardbreds the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. 
Hello, this is Kayla Stra, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. Bet America covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to Bet America receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. Now it's uh, time for our ongoing series with Pompano Park Racing. It is the winter capital of harness racing. And uh, right now we're joined by the one and only Gabe Pruitt. And uh, Gabe, you know we're about a half hour away from a very important Game 5, don't you? Extremely important Game 5. Uh, we need this one badly. It's going to be tough to go back to uh, Chicago, Mike, down 3-2. Well, you know, listen, the thing about if if you're down if if the Cubs go down 3-2, you know, then then that means they're going to have to be Clayton Kershaw. And I don't know if they can do that. I don't know if anybody can do that to be quite honest. It's going to be tough. I mean, whoever whoever loses tonight's going to have all the uh pressure. And Mike Carter is sitting there and he's a happy man because his Cleveland Indians listen. swept. So Gabe, Gabe, listen, man, you're going to have to beat our uh, our uh, two-game pitcher that's, you know, First thing first, hey, we got to worry about the Cubs. I'll deal with you uh, next week. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Well, listen, Gabe, let's talk about the uh, the week this past week at Pompano Park. Uh, some exciting racing uh, that happened there this week. And, uh, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, well, we raced, uh, of course, two nights, Sunday and Tuesday. Uh, Sunday night, a uh, couple of the highlights, uh, three-year-old trotting field at Gold Star Brianna. I think we can all appreciate an undefeated horse in this uh, three-year-old Florida-bred trotting filly. She's now 12 for 12. She had another open-length romp on an off-track, so uh, she continues to impress. She's actually back in this week in one of those Sunshine State Stakes finals for $12,000, so she'll look to make it a perfect 13 for 13. Seen for me, George actually stepped up and won our open event. That was his third consecutive win. He was a newcomer to the open level, but he's been very good uh, since arriving in South Florida. And then we had a nice payout Sunday night, the uh, jackpot I-5. Actually hit for the first time all season, guys. So uh, they're returning for $10,000 for 20 cents. Yeah, the jackpot high five paying just over $10,200. Let's talk a little bit about that open one race, uh, Gabe. Uh, All Steinem uh, has been pretty dominant uh, through most of the open ranks at Pompano Park. Uh, he went to the lead, and then this horse just kind of closed from behind. Where did Singing for Me George come from? Is this a horse that's been racing there recently, or is this a horse that has been kind of, you know, hit or miss and just kind of hanging back? Yeah, no, he came from the uh, East Coast. I can't recall exactly uh, what uh, track he was at there. But, uh, you know, he set on just off the face. He had a perfect trip the other night. Um, and we've talked about it before on this show. The open ranks are going to get uh, much tougher as we move throughout the uh, season. And the uh, Synchrony George got away uh, post five, we've also talked about, wins at nearly a 25% clip. Well, you can really leave the gate so handy for post five. So it worked out perfect for Synchrony George. Paul Bernardo is the uh, trainer. Wallace did a great job driving him. He uh, left out of there. Off Steinem, who, uh, as you mentioned, had been very good at the open level, he took the lead. So, seeing for me, George just sat right on his back, in fact, had a perfect trip and uh, parlayed that into the win. And, again, I believe that was his third consecutive victory. 
But I will say, guys, he's going to uh, face a pretty stout customer this week because our track record holder is returning to the races on a Sunday night. Pinocchio, who actually paced a mile 48-3, and I believe, last November or last December. So uh, he's the fastest horse ever over the uh, track at uh, Pompano. He's got 42 lifetime wins, uh, 21 of those have come right at uh, Pompano Park. So a uh, South Florida superstar. Uh, if you want to read a bit more about him, actually our main man, John Berry, sent out a, a press release previewing this week's action on usproduct.com. You can check that out. But uh, we're all looking forward to seeing uh, Pinocchio off a couple of the qualifiers. Uh, certainly going to get a lot of respect in the open ranks this week. Now, Gabe, obviously that horse is going to be a little bit of a short price. Now, you've got Sing From Me, George, that's back. All Simon's been racing all season so far. But Dee's Rocket Man is a horse that I want to talk about for just a quick second. Dee's Rocket Man has hit the board at 20 of 30 starts. Is this a horse that could potentially be a bigger price that you may want to use underneath? Well, he is. He's a horse that uh, really is defined by how the race sets up. You know, he's a horse that likes to come from off of it. Uh, so, you know, if they get down there in time, uh, he obviously could be a, a threat from off the pace because he typically does sprint home very well. Unfortunately, early in the season, Mike, a lot of our fields, uh, especially at the open level, are a little bit shorter than we'll see uh, later in the season. So sometimes that pace scenario just doesn't set up for uh, closures with the short field. So I still think maybe a notch or two below the uh, top ones in there. But, again, uh, wouldn't shock me if the race set up for him. Now, Gabe, what else do you guys have going on at Pompano uh, this week that our fans may need to know about? Obviously, well, the we're Super back High with Five is uh, obviously the Super sure. High Five was hit, so we don't have to hit, we don't have to worry about that. But uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on. Well, we can worry about it, just not as much because we actually did come back Tuesday, just a, a single night carryover. In fact, uh, in the jackpot I five, and also a single night carryover in the pick six. We got a couple of small carryovers there heading into a Sunday night. We're back with the great thirteen race cards back Sunday and Tuesday night. And uh, the big news that for this Sunday night, we actually had that pen effect of the fourth race, which we know is a high five that uh, we pay out regardless of however many winning tickets, just a 20-cent wager. And that was missed on Tuesday night. So actually the carryover heading into a Sunday in the fourth race, pen effecta, is just over $3,100. So a nice carryover. Uh, we do have uh, several of those Sunshine State uh, State finals. Uh, those go for $12,000 apiece. Uh, so we've got uh, that to look forward to as well. Of course, Pinocchio, as I uh, mentioned, and a couple of the top-level campaigners back at the other Opens, the Open Prot. Uh, we'll see Boldy back, who was dominant but took the week off last week. And the same thing, the Philly and Mare Open, Godiva Silster had been dominant. She took last week off as well. So both uh, from Treader Dan Hennessy, and they're both back at action this week. All right, Gabe. Well, we certainly appreciate you uh, joining us, and uh, bad luck. I mean, good luck to the Dodgers uh, tonight. <laughs> <laughs> need need this one badly. Not you know for entertainment purposes only, as we know only for sports odds. I will have to say, um, not that this means anything, but the Cubs are a large favorite tonight. In fact, they're a dollar sixty over the Dodgers. That is the largest the Dodgers have been uh, an underdog at home since like August of 2013. So we've got to overcome. Uh, the odds, but uh, I've got confidence, so I'm, I'm dialed That's in and ready fair. to go. Go, go Cubs, go. <laughs> go, Cubs, go. Oh, boy. Gabe, well, listen, Gabe, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. And, uh, and I got to tell you, Gabe, real quick, Mike, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I got to tell you, and like I just said in the beginning of the, uh, of the segment, if Clayton Kershaw has to uh, come back 
if the Dodgers win and the Cubs are forced to be Clayton Kershaw, it's it's lights out. Forget it. Because I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't remember a pitcher in recent memory as dominant as uh, Clayton Kershaw is. You know, he really is. And um, fortunately for us this season, he's gotten over a lot of those uh, postseason things, which I think were a bit unfair. We just put so much on his shoulders over the years back, a short rest, and uh, just tried to carry the team. Um, but the good news is here, Mike, uh, you know, obviously Dave Roberts opted not to start in tonight game five. So he is going to be coming back on uh, full rest there at uh, Wrigley. So, uh, a, uh, a big performance, hopefully, uh, we can get it done tonight and then put all the pressure on you guys with uh, Clayton on the Hill. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Gabe, we certainly appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks guys. My pleasure. All right. That was, uh, Gay Pruitt and uh, well, I'll tell you what, Mike. This is going to be a very interesting World Series because you're a Cleveland guy. Well, I shouldn't say that. Are you a sold Cleveland guy now? I mean, I know you weren't a Cleveland guy I, in the beginning, but if you bought in, no, I wasn't. But 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 here's the thing: I, I am a huge Terry Francona fan, as I was a Boston yeah. fan for the longest time. So yes, I am sold on the Indians. All right. Winnie Morgan Nemeth is uh, in the on-deck circle. Plus, we have Daryl Wood from Shenandoah, the Virginia Equine Alliance. Uh, We're going to talk to him, and we're also going to go around the horn. So still lots to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We'll be right back in a flash. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. And right now we're joined by our good friend, Winnie Morgan Namath from New Vocations. Winnie, it's been a long time since we've talked to you. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Certainly uh, appreciate the phone call. And uh, I'll tell you what, this is an interesting time of year because you have the Breeders' Crown. It's a great, great time of year. Uh, A lot of drama, a lot of great horses in these particular races coming up. But uh, you guys at New Vocation have uh, something going on related to the Breeders' Crown. Why don't you tell us all about it? Well, we do. Um, This is, for the past couple of years, we've kind of done on the down low a little Breeders' Crown uh, challenge pledge and uh, we've had received great support uh, from some trainers and drivers and owners but this year we really wanted to get it out there and let the industry know what we were trying to do so basically what it is it's harness racing champions racing for yesterday's stars 
and is an opportunity for those racing in the Breeders' Crown and the Matron Stakes to pledge any percentage that they may like if their horse wins or gets a check and to give back to new vocations so that it can help the horses that we have that are transitioning into second careers in our program. Well, that certainly sounds fantastic. And, uh, you know, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I just, Winnie, I haven't learned how to use my mute button yet, so you got to excuse me just a little <laughs> bit. Now, you know, obviously in recent years you said it's been kind of on the down low. What made you guys kind of bring it to the forefront this year? Well, um, to be honest, one of our board members is Mickey Burke, and he said he's seen that we've done it on the thoroughbred side for the past five years. And um, it's gone over so well with owners and trainers racing in the Breeders' Cup pledge, and it's earned, you know, raised a lot of money um, for our program. But Mickey said, you know what, we really need to do this on the harness side because we've got so many great trainers, owners, drivers in the industry that would want to give back. And you can give back as little or as much as you might like. Um, You know, if your horse wins, you can choose, you know, to give 0.5% back. But it's really positive for the industry, and that's what we've seen on the thoroughbred side, um, so much so that we received coverage from CBS Sports last year during the Breeders' Cup. And as we all know, that coverage is very expensive, and thankfully it it just brought so much awareness to new vocations, both uh, in the thoroughbred and standardbred side, that we really wanted to do it this year. The other reason we wanted to bring it out to um, the industry is that next year the Breeders' Crown will be at Hoosier Park, and we get a lot of horses from Hoosier Park, and we definitely want to be a part of it um, when it comes, you know, kind of in our backyard. Certainly. Uh, You know, Winnie, for a lot of people that uh, don't know um, what exactly New Vocations is and uh, what you guys do there, can you kind of take it back uh, to the basics and tell everybody what New Vocations is and what the uh, mission is? Sure. So our mission is we take horses once they're retired from the racetrack. They, They need to have raced at least in the calendar year or the past year and a half. And we retrain them. Uh, If they need any rehab, we take care of that. But our focus is to retrain them to be riding horses and then place them into monitored homes um, so they can go on and and have a successful second career for another person or family. Um, They also get to learn more about standard breads, how wonderful the breed is, and also about harness racing. We do a lot of educating um, to our adopters, to the general public, Um, at different trade shows across the United States, really promoting the breed and the sport. And uh, so right now we have uh, 25 standard breads in our program that we are transitioning, and we usually place anywhere from 8 to 12 horses a month into new homes. Now, Winnie, real quick, um, and I know some people may want to know this, you know, let's, you know, I know a lot of 14-year-olds, you know, they come to you guys. Of course, Activator came to you guys last year from Northfield Park. But let's just say, you know, a horse is eight or nine years old and is sent to you guys. Um, Obviously, that horse can never be adopted from you and raced again, correct? Correct. That's right. Once they come to new vocations, they are done racing, so... Okay, and the the other question I had, uh, Winnie, is how do, let's just say, you know, I want to come to you and say, you know what, you know, I'm looking for a riding horse, um, you know, for the farm or what have you. Um, what do I need to do to, uh, what do I need to do to, um, you know, to adopt a horse from you? Yeah. Sure. So we have an application um, process that's on our website. 
So anybody interested in adopting can first go fill out that application, and they do have to be approved to adopt first. And we do not adopt to first-time horse owners. So it has to be somebody that does have horse experience. We talk to their references. We screen their facility, whether that's their own farm um, or at a boarding facility. And we also speak with their veterinarian who already would have an established relationship with them and ask questions, you know, do they have experience with the next racehorse? Have they ever tra trained a green horse? Have they ever driven a horse? So we have a great list of questions we ask to screen our potential adopters, and that's how you would become approved to get a horse. And um, then once you're approved to get a horse, then you're welcome to come look at them or view their videos on our website or see their pictures. And once you're approved, your application is good for two years. All right, Winnie Morgan Nemeth from New Vocations. Winnie, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. It's always fantastic to talk to you. And uh, once again, anybody that's uh, got any questions uh, or may be interested, how can uh, we get a hold of you? So if people are interested in pledging, doing our Reader's Crown Pledge, they can go to our website, which is newvocations.org, and it's right on our banner, the Reader's Crown and Matron Stakes, and you can click on it, and from there uh, you can um, so everything else that you need, and you can be in contact with me. My email is on there, um, and I can be contacted, and we can get that set up. All right. Winnie, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Great. Thank you guys so much. All right. That was Winnie Morgan Nemeth from New Vocations. And uh, what do you think, Mike, the New Vocations Iron Horse of the Year? Sounds about right. That's, you know, that sounds about uh... – that sounds about right. Is uh, Activator was one of our Iron Horse nominees last year. Well, Mike, coming up uh, here in just a couple of minutes, we're going to talk to Daryl Wood, and we've also got a very special guest who's going to join us uh, to go around the horn. So we've got a lot left on this edition of Post Time with Mike, and Mike, Daryl Wood is on the on-deck circle from the Virginia Equine Alliance. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand -hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a disqualification. It doesn't get much worse than picking a winner that ends up being disqualified after the race. What if you could eliminate the stress of sweating out a steward's inquiry? At Bet America, we're here to help. Introducing Inquiry Relief. Any winners of a graded stakes race will get paid out even if they are disqualified after a steward's inquiry. Check BetAmerica.com for details and side effects. Get the relief you deserve with Inquiry Relief only at BetAmerica.com. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. We're joined now by Daryl Wood from the Virginia Equine Alliance. And, Daryl, you guys seem to have a very successful meet at the Shenandoah County Fair. Talk to us a little bit about the uh, the meeting and how well it went. Yeah, it was a good uh, good first year, uh, Mike. It, uh, we, we ran over five consecutive weekends, total of ten days. And, uh, you know, I think it's more, it's more course than found out about the meet and the, the, the quality of the racetrack and uh, – the whole setting um, and, the, and the purse money, uh, the second and third and fourth weekends really grew substantially with horsemen that were shipping in from Pennsylvania, Ohio, uh, different parts of the country, and it did help that the Meadows uh, in Pittsburgh shut down for a couple, three weeks. But um, 
I think the horsemen, uh, fans, uh, management, the folks at the Shenandoah County Fair, everybody to a T was really excited by the first year and, and what the future can hold for the next 20 years there. And um, it, it really has a neat vibe and a, and a real neat setting. Now, Daryl, I was down there for the Shenandoah County Fair. Obviously, the betting was not set up yet. Uh, how did the, uh, from the pair mutual standpoint, did the fans seem to enjoy it? They did. It's, uh, actually, we were talking on a uh, conference call yesterday about how surprising the per capita was. I think closing weekend, it was about $60 a person. And, and again, with, uh, you figure Davis betters in the middle of the, of the Shenandoah Valley um, with the first-time deal having a bet. That, that's a pretty impressive number. We were pleased with it. Most days, uh, we bet between ten and fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars um, $16,000. And again, for some of the uh, smaller fields earlier in the meet, um, you know, I think everybody's pretty pleased. Now, Daryl, uh, we saw some very impressive miles. I believe we even saw a 52-mile over the Shenandoah County Fair. Uh, were, were there any other horses that kind of just stuck out or jump off the page at you? Well, the, 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 the one you're talking about is John's Dream. Uh, that was 152 and 1. That was opening day. And it, unfortunately, it was a non-betting race. After the Paramutual card was over, it was in one of those uh, Virginia bred uh, Sire State races. Uh, really impressive. The horse didn't come back again. Uh, that was probably three or four seconds faster than any other horse on the grounds uh, during the meet. But uh, the neat thing was that we had a couple of horses that, that went pretty much unbeaten during the county fair and then in the paramutual meet, Last Chance Harvey, uh, a horse uh, trained and owned by Henry Lewis, and then uh, Pete Blissful, uh, a Jimmy Byers horse. Both were undefeated through the meet and the county fair. Uh, Last Chance Harvey got DQ'd in one of those wins, though, bumped out a second. But those two... Uh, had a great meet, and the neat thing is that race secretary Mike Wandition, on the last race of the last day, put those two horses in a race together to really, you know, see who is who is the best. So it was it was a pretty cool deal. Now, Daryl, going forward, uh, you know, what is racing going to be like at the Shenandoah County Fair? Are we going to keep seeing these five consecutive weekends, or are we going to try to expand just a little bit? Well, next year's set, we're going to go five weekends over the same time frame, starting uh, the week after Labor Day. Um, the hope is that as uh, the Virginia Equine Alliance can open up more off-track betting centers in Virginia and grow the account betting uh, platforms here as well, that we can get more purse money and then extend the meet in year three to hopefully seven weekends and kind of go from there. But, you know, I, I think the name Shenandoah Downs is now established in, in racing regionally, if not nationally. It's established for the folks that live in that area. So we're excited, you know, about the future. But next year we're looking at, the, at a very identical type meet. And in the third year, I think we're going to see that growth of race days. Awesome. Well, we've talked with Daryl Wood from the Virginia Equine Alliance. Daryl, thanks so much for taking time out of uh, your busy day. And uh, we hope to con con see the continued success from Shenandoah Downs. You got it, Michael. Appreciate it. Get a huge boost to your bankroll for all of summer's best racing at Bet America. All new players can double their first deposit up, up to $300 with Bet America's 100% deposit bonus. That's the biggest sign-up bonus in the industry. Sign up today and start playing the Bet America way. Ever dream of owning your own racehorse? How would you like to get in the winner's circle? With the number one harness racing partnership in the U.S., VIP State. There's nothing like the thrill of your horse coming down the stretch. To find out more, call VIP Stable at 877-VIP-WIN-1 or visit us on the web at www.vipstable.com. 
turning horse racing fans into racehorse owners. Be a winner. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations racehorse adoption program we're back on post time with mike and mike mike bozich along with mike carter and uh mike our around the horn segment i think bumper's broken Around the horn is what the easiest it? way. Well, no, it's not. That on. is how we will go. Anything more? Are you frightened to go around the horn, Mr. Christian? Are you a coward too, sir? I guess it was just we broken. It might have been an op- Mike. What it was, it was an operator error, no question about it, right? Yeah, yeah, that that's right. Well, listen, before we go around the horn, we're gonna welcome in now our uh, third member of our Breeders Crown broadcast team, Jessica Otten, is gonna join us as we go around the horn. Jessica, you've been studying uh, these horses. I've been watching your Twitter uh, <laughs> until they make your brain hurt. So we wanted to bring you in and you know, kind of go around the horn with you and see what you thought about some of these races. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Well, Mike and Jessica, we're going to start with race number two. It's the two-year-old Philly uh, Trotters for the Breeders' Crown Elimination. And we're going to start with uh, Mike Bozich. Uh, Mike, Ariana G has been racing fantastically, uh, raced in the International Stallion, came home in 27-2 and for 151-4 and four mile. But Chazatter, uh, who finished second, has been putting in some impressive miles as well. Do you think Princess Aurora from the outside could potentially uh, spring an upset here? Yeah, there's some very, uh, as a matter of fact, Jimmy Tanka was very excited about his uh, horses that uh, he has in the two-year-old Philly trotting division. Uh, Ariana G is obviously the one to beat eight of nine uh, in here. And uh, But, you know, the thing about it is, is two starts back, she does show that break. So, once again, if you want to settle for a short price in the trotter, I think uh, that could be a risky proposition for you gamblers out there. But Princess Aurora has really put it all together very nicely. The last three starts, she's looked very, very good. She does draw the outside. Tim Tietrich's in the bunk here tonight, but the, or should say uh, for tomorrow night, but it's going to be very interesting. You mentioned Shea Adder, Mike, after the uh, two straight seconds. Uh, once again, it is an elimination, so you have to get a feeling that these two-year-old Philly trotters are going to be handled very, very carefully. Jessica, what say you? I agree with you. I like that um, Ariana G draws the inside, but the seven horse, uh, Princess Aurora, has definitely put in some good starts here the last four or five times out. But they are two-year-old Philly Trotters, so you never know what's going to happen behind the gate. 
the race four features the two-year-old Philly Trotters and their Breeders' Crown Elimination. And we're going to toss it to Jessica this time. Jessica Treviso from post one, one by a neck international stallion coming home at 29 and three. Obviously that horse is going to have to come home just a little bit uh, quicker uh, this week. The horse that interests me here is Ice Attraction, who won by a neck over Broadway Idol and My Mammy, excuse me, Miami uh, Drama. Uh, so I think the three Ice Attraction has a little bit of a shot here. Um, yeah, that's what I have written down uh, when I was going through the program is the three. She's coming off four straight wins with a qualifier, but her last time out was her new lifetime mark. So I think um, the one would have to do a little uh, improving on the coming home to beat the three, but I picked the three to win on this one. Guys, one of the interesting horses, I think, in this race uh, is the two Evelyn. This is a first-time Dave Miller horse, and Mike and Jessica, we have seen what can happen when Dave Miller gets on the bike for the very first time. Uh, you know, trainer Rockus wants that, obviously has three ice attraction, probably chose the the better of the two horses there, but I do think number two Evelyn with the uh, magic hands of the Hall of Famer Dave Miller can make her presence felt there. Now, real quick, before we go to the next race, I want to talk to you, too, about That's All Money. Neither one of us had uh, selected this horse as a horse that, uh, you know, is on top, so to speak. But it's trained by Jimmy Tactor, uh, picks up Tim Tietrich. Uh, was, was really disappointing in the uh, International Stallion against Treviso and Holarnbro. Uh We'll start with Mike Bozich. What's your, uh, what's your take on That's All Money? The only thing I could tell you about that's all money. Uh, obviously, that the fact that she does have good lines, that's pretty obvious. But she did win two starts back against Alarmbro, who's in this race, and Cool Cates, who raced at Harris, Philadelphia yesterday, and was very, very impressive under wraps and an easy win. So uh, I think that gives uh, some kind of credence to the effort uh, that that's all money had a couple of starts back. Mike? Now, Jessica, real quick, do you think that the two-to-one price may be a little short on That's All Money considering the uh, the powerhouses that may be inside of her? I totally overlooked her. I didn't even realize that she was two-to-one. I, definitely, I uh, definitely think that the inside has the advantage here, but she does show, I mean, amaz- not um, not too bad of starts, like the whole all the lines. So I think if she gets a good trip, she'll be right up there with the inside post horses. Hey. Hey, hey, Mike, she fits right in. That's all I have to say. She fits right in with the rest of us. <laughs> she fits very, right very in. well. No question about it. Now, Mike, I know you're probably going to want to jump to the next Breeders' Crown elimination, but really quick, I do in the sixth race want to mention always be Mickey, uh, who is starting from post 10. Obviously, this is a tune-up for the big pace next week, which he will face Wigglet Jigglet. Does draw post 10. Had a chance to talk to Jimmy Tactor earlier on in the program, and Jimmy did uh, was very confident with the way always be Mickey trained. Had a very, very good week of training. So uh, don't expect anything less uh, than a peak performance from uh, number 10, Always Be Mickey. Even though it's only for 25000 even though he's drawn the outside, uh, I think Always Be Mickey is uh, on his way to victory there. That's my long shot of the night, by the way, Mike. Yeah, yeah. That's your <laughs> Listen, Je- Jessica, that's my show bet of the night. You'll, you'll have to learn that I freaking, I have to put my show bets in ahead of time. And so uh, Mike always gives me a lot of uh, a lot of crap about it. Race 7 is the uh, Philly Mare Open Pace Breeders' Crown Elimination. And uh, Solar, this is a very competitive field. Uh, you going to kiss me or not? draws the outside um is coming off a fillion mare open handicap win at saratoga in 153 and one but two horses that drew inside uh katie said and solar sister both have been kind of hit or miss this year but i think solar sister might be the uh the better of the two sasa hanover it seems like a little bit of an overlay at 10 to 1 what do you think here jessica 
Um, I think Solar Sister is the one in this race. Has had some <clears throat> tough trips. Draws inside with a good trip. I think she'll be um, up there. And I was talking to Susie, the one of uh, Greg McNair's Wayfair girlfriend, whoever she is, and they were kind of debating on whether or not to send her. But it looks like they're sending her, so I think they sent her. She's ready, so I think she'll be in top here. Yeah, you know, Mike, once again, we had a chance to talk to Jimmy Tanker. We had a chance to talk to him about Katie said uh, from the inside, and he was very, very impressed with that last race at Harris Philly, as I was. Uh, you know, they've got the half and 56. The horse starter from post seven had to work up into a cover flow. Mike, you know how hard it is to close on that particular racetrack, and this horse did just that. That was a pretty good field, Mike. Regal Electra, Empress Dale, those kind of horses, I believe, can go with these. So I don't think it's that much of a class jump for Katie said Scott Zeron has driven this horse very well a second to Lady Shadow three starts back no Lady Shadow in here I think one Katie said's got a huge opportunity well let's dive into race number 11 it's funny that you mentioned some of those horses since the silly mare open elimination for the breeders crown first $25,000 and uh, let's kind of dig into this race a little bit because it's wide wide open of course Lady Shadow uh, had a very disappointing finish in the uh, Alarage uh, for fillies and mares back on October 9th but it won three straight leading up to that race and of course put in that monster monster mile in the Lady Liberty going a mile and an eighth you have devil child uh, to the inside as as well, but a horse that uh, I'm kind of surprised, morning line wise, eight to one on Venus Delight. Now Venus Delight hasn't been putting uh, in too much of quality efforts here lately. The last win was in a qualifier back on September 9th. But Mike Bozich, where do you uh, where do you see this race going? It's a wide open affair. Yeah, it certainly is. As a matter of fact, this whole mares uh, aged division, Mike, is fun to watch. I know the, you know, the aged uh, boys get all the credit with always be Mickey and Wiggle it, Jiggle it, and Freaky Feet Pete and Shambhala and all the great horses there. But I'll tell you what, the aged mares is always fun to watch. You know, and here's the thing that you have to ask yourself is lady shadow after going a whole summer of impeccable form is she starting to come back down to earth a little bit now if she is boy, this really opens it up i think regal electra is a very accomplished mare she defeated katie sent three starts back we just talked about that particular race she followed that up with a good come from behind close at yonkers against devil child and market a par a second place finish after that so i think regal electra who's been getting very along very very well with Joe Bongiorno, who, by the way, Mike, is only four wins away from uh, career win 1,000. But uh, I think Wriggle Electra has got a huge opportunity here. Uh, you know, there are some others. Devil Child uh, is uh, certainly hit or miss. She has the ability. Bedroom Confessions has the ability. We'll have to pick Garnet Barnsdale's uh, uh, mind about this horse because she's been doing a majority of her racing in Canada. And how could you ever count out Venus Delight? The million-dollar mare uh, seems to strike at uh, inopportune times, so she's got an opportunity. Like you say, Mike, it's wide, wide open, and uh, the major question that you have to ask yourself is Lady Shadow coming back down to earth. Jessica, what do you think? Uh, what do you think can happen in this race? Obviously, a wide, wide open affair. How do you see this one playing out? I couldn't have said any better than Mike could have, but I picked uh, Lady Shadow out of the Rodney Adams barn. She has been dominating all summer long, and she did throw in that one bad start. But like Mike said, if she's coming back down to earth, it does make it um, more of a wide open thing. But I've seen many horses that need to put in one bad start to kick back up again. So. I think if she's back to herself or 
gets out of that little funk she was in, she's definitely going to be on top. I also like the two-bedroom confessions. If she picks up the pieces, she will be there, too. All right. Saturday night is full of Breeders' Crown elimination, so I hope you guys have your pencils ready. We've got 14 of them to go through, and it starts in race one. It's the two-year-old Colt and Gelding Trotters uh, for their Breeders' Crown elimination, uh, purse of $20,000, and Walner uh, put in that big effort, a 151 and three, and, you know, we're going to start here with uh, Jessica. Jessica, you, you look at these fractions, and, and you th- you would think that this horse is a pacer. Of course, you've got David Gass and go from post six, who's also been racing very well for trainer John Boot and Shane and Southwind Cobra on the outside. Um, I'm going to have to say, my personally, I like uh, Walner in this field, but given Gatson Go is going to be my question mark. I like Walner also. I have to admit, I haven't been paying much attention to the two-year-olds this year, but I did watch Walner, and I really like the uh, 151 and 3 he threw out there um, in Lexington. I do like the 6 also. Um, it just depends. I guess they're trotters, and that's my thing. You never know what a trotter's going to do, so... I do like the five bill wall there. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, you guys, you've got uh, a couple of great horses hooking up here. Walner versus Gibbet Gasson Go. And Mike, I raved and raved and raved about that effort of Gibbet Gasson Go two starts back when that horse went 56 and two, just a couple of fifths of a second off his, her, uh, his then lifetime mark. And uh, guys, the conditions that day, and I know I've talked about it before, the conditions that day were just terrible. You had about a 35 to 40 mile an hour headwind in the back stretch. You had rain. I mean, Mother Nature was really, really uh, playing havoc with that particular day of racing. And Give It Gas and Go still was able to accomplish a 56 and 2 uh, effort there. And, and in my opinion, that was uh, just an unbelievable effort. I mean, came back to the Meadows uh, one. Uh, was uh, rushing up from the eighth uh, past the quarter, was able to uh, hang on to get the job done over Meteoric uh, with Scott Zeron and the regular driver, Corey Callahan back, uh, who, by the way, Mike, uh, I don't mean to keep bugging you with milestones, but the Corey Callahan's about the 22 or 23 runs away from 5,000. But uh, anyway, we're, we're gonna uh, I do Hollywood Hayden. Yeah. Oh, and, and and by the way, driver George Napolitano Jr. surpassed seventy million today in career earnings. So there you go. But uh, there you go. Give it gas and go. I think is a, is a major major player in here. Uh, Walner, obviously, uh, you know he's he's uh, his credentials speak for themselves. Devious man's got quite a winning streak going. Another fun division. Another division. I think that is going to. I don't want to quote Donald Trump, but big league add to the drama of the Breeders' Crown. Uh, it's going to be a, a tremendous, tremendous race. But I think Gibbet Gas and Go's got a big shot in here, guys. Listen, you're quoting Donald Trump now. We're going to have to give you the pink slip, okay? <laughs> sure. Anyways, uh, race number two is the two-year-old Colton Gelling Pacers for their Breeders' Crown elimination. And a horse that I really like in this field is Huntsville. as a Pennsylvania Sire Stakes champion back at, on September 11th at Harris, Philadelphia. We'll get to Mike Bozich with that here in just a second. Um, McThriller and Adzon Delray are kind of the question marks picks for me. Adzon Delray is a horse that likes to hit the board but is not a big winner. Uh, has only won three of his ten starts. Mike Bozich, where do you uh, look here? 
Well, you know, kind of a wide open race. I mean, Huntsville is obviously uh, the man here, I think, but he does draw post eight and is an elimination race. And, you know, there's a couple of chinks in his armor. I mean, you know, he did look very good in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes uh, Championship against Dama. The Seaside is a very nice horse and uh, was able to uh, wrap it up with the uh, last couple of starts down at the Red Mile in the Bluegrass uh, in the uh, in the International Stallion. But, you know, I'll tell you what, there's some other ways you can go here. You know, odds on Delray – I think is a very talented two-year-old that just hasn't seen the find, found himself quite yet. And I'm going to tell you what, when these two-year-olds find themselves, and it doesn't take long for a two-year-old, I mean, it can be from race to race. I think odds on Delray is going to be a major, major player uh, towards the end of this year and uh, in the three-year-old campaign. So we'll see what happens with Scott Ciron. It's Scott's third straight time he's driving odds on Delray. Uh, and uh, it looked like he was going to get the job done last time. I'm just kind of hung late in the stretch. Uh, a well-timed move, I think, gives three odds on Delray a very good chance, in my opinion, to upset the favorite. Jessica, you're up. I think he forgets you're here. No, I'm just kidding. Totally kidding. <laughs> Mike, I thought you were running this segment. I'm throwing it back to you, my friend. <laughs> I also love, love, love Huntsville. I don't like that he draws the outside, but I do also like McThriller and odds on Delray. McThriller has only not been on the board twice out of his nine starts. And Anzan Delray, I agree with Mike, he has been improving every start, it looks like, on these lines. So I think once he gets his groove going, he's going to be a really nice colt. All right. Race number three is the three-year-old Philly Pacers for their Breeders' Crown elimination, and it features Mike's favorite horse, Pure Country. And, of course, it's my favorite horse, Darlin' on the Beach, going after or going against each other here. Now, Darlin' on the Beach, uh, back excuse me, uh, back about a month or so ago in August, uh, had a little bit of a heart problem. We're actually going to do a segment uh, with Nancy Johansson during the Breeders' Crown on Darlin' on the Beach to talk about this horse's comeback. And I'm really, really impressed that this horse's comeback had that little bit of a heart uh, issue and is still putting in 149 miles, is still winning races and looks very, very sharp. But Mike Bozich's pure country also looks sharp. LA Delight is a question mark horse for me. Uh, He's been racing in the Ohio. Uh, on Ohio Sire Stakes, listen to me. You can tell, oh, look at this OSS thing that I've been kind of swayed a little bit. Uh, but the Ontario Sire Stakes and is uh, one, two straight for trainer Robert McIntosh. And, of course, Diamond Dance, the world record holder at two at Batavia Downs, draws the inside. Jessica, who do you uh, who are you going with here? Um, I knew it was a toss-up between the five, six, and seven, but I'm going to go against you guys with the five and six, and I'm going to take the seven, L.A. Delight. Um I watched a race at Mohawk uh, last weekend, and uh, she just really put up a fight right down by the wire. And I think if – I know she draws the outside, but if she gets a trip and puts up a good fight, I got a feeling she can beat your guys' favorites here. Yeah, I think this is a pretty wide-open <laughs> you, race. Now, I do. Well, well, listen, listen. First of all, Mike, before you get all high and mighty, you know, there are two Michiganders and one Ohioan <laughs> in this, uh, on, oh, on this uh, broadcast right now. Blue. So. Uh, yeah, so just remember that, uh, Carter. Anyway, um, yeah. you know, listen, here's here's a very interesting similarity between Darwin on the Beach and Pure Country. Uh, both horses, third-time Lasix. And, uh, you know, we talked to Jimmy Tank early on in the program. He talked about Pure Country 
and uh, putting her on Lasix. And uh, he just figured after the Jughead something wasn't right, uh, put her on Lasix, and she came up with two very good efforts. Just missed a darling on the beach and was able to get the job done against Call Me Queen Bee last time. So it's going to be very interesting to see if your country is now back at the top of her ball game, which if she is, she's going to be tough to beat. Now, the only problem is here you've got L.A. Delight, high percentage winner, draw on the outside, over a million dollars. Uh, and you've got this, you've got Call Me Queen Bee in here. Plus, uh, you know, I'm not so sure Kiss Me on the Beach is a total toss either. So, you know what? I'll tell you, it's a wide open race. going to be another fun race. But uh, I've got to go with Pure Country. No bias there, Carter. No bias. Now, Jessica, you, you, you heard it right from his mouth. Darling on the Beach beats Pure Country uh, two starts back. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, race number four is the two-year-old Philly Pacers, and it featured Agent Q, who has been, you know, kind of hit or miss, won the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes Championship back on September 11th. Uh, we'll get to Mike Bozich with that in a second, but has been playing in some decent miles, finishing second to Brazuka, who draws the inside, and Mike, 15-1 uh, on the morning line for a horse that has beaten, uh, in my opinion, a better horse seems to be a little bit high. Um, the, of course, you have Idyllic Beach, who's on the outside, and Roaring to Go, but the action uh, may depend on what the inside horses do here. You know, Bazooka won at 5-1 to one against Agent Q, was able to win easily at 2-1, to one, now is 15-1 to one morning line. I think if you get the 15-1, to one, I think you have to run, don't walk to the windows with Bazooka, no matter who you like here, because I think that's major Quite value. Sure, Absolutely. You know, uh, but I'll tell you what, if you do look to the outside, Idyllic Beach uh, certainly deserves the favoritism at 2-1, 7-10, uh, never worse than second. She looked very, very good uh, in her last start in winning, uh, was defeated by Roaring to Go, who's another nice horse, and she's right inside of Idyllic Beach, and she's working on a win streak of her own right. It would be uh, a three-race win streak if she wasn't DQ'd, but uh, I do think that uh, the outside two horses are obviously very, very tough, but I'll tell you what, I like Bazooka. I think this horse from the inside has got a major, major chance. I think the race sets up well for her. She's going to establish a good spot from the inside with her speed. So, uh, hey, if we get a pocket trip with Bazooka and you get those odds, boy, life could be really, really good, Jessica. <laughs> I like uh, I like the one and two. I don't see how the horse is 15 to one, but I think that those two are going to um, set the way the race goes for the outside two favorites. I think this is kind of a wide open just depends on who gets to the front first for me, I think. Uh, <laughs> all right. Race number five is the three-year-old Philly Trotters in their British Crown Elimination. And all the time is coming back after colicking after the Hamiltonian Oaks. Uh, this is going to be a good story. Uh, you know, Mike, you had a chance to talk with trainer Jenny Tactor earlier about um, some of his horses. Caprice Hill draws post number five. And, of course, you have nonstick on the outside. But I think, guys, that all the time has put in some very impressive uh, qualifiers. Yeah, we ran out of time when we were talking to Jimmy Tactor because I wanted to bring up all the time, but we simply uh, ran out of time. So uh, I assured him that, you know, listen, when you come down, we got the Breeders' Crown eliminations, Breeders' Crown. We're going to have a six-hour broadcast coming up next weekend, uh, plus uh, a show Thursday. So we'll have plenty of time to get to all the time, uh, who I think uh, is just a tremendous story, uh, obviously, in her own right. She's come back very well from that, back-to-back qualifiers, and here she is again. Uh, and I think she's uh, obviously by her qualifier. She's very, very ready. Uh, doesn't make her an automatic winner, though. I mean, you've got Nonstick, who's an ice horse from the outside, a high percentage winner. Uh, you've got uh, Caprice Hill, who's been very, very good uh, coming from Canada. So there certainly is some competition, but I do think all the time is the one to beat. What do you think, Jess? 
I like the five Caprice Hill. She just came up a little short at the OSS. I watched her race. I like all the time, too. Um, those qualifiers are impressive. Qualifiers sometimes pan out differently than a race can. So I kind of just depends on how the race is set up, I guess. But I do like the five and the two. Okay, race number six is the three-year-old Colton Gelding Pacers in their Breeders' Crown Elimination. Of course, you've got Boston Red Rock here. Check six, Lion Snyder. Uh, we'll, when we get to betting line later, I'm going to let Jessica have like a half hour to talk about this horse because <laughs> she absolutely loves the horse. But, uh, of course, you got Dr. J Hanover. Uh, Racing Hill uh, gets a good uh, draw to the inside. Mike, after scratching out of the jug final, after finishing third off a 28-4 final quarter, 151 final time. This is a pretty wide-open field. And, of course, Boston Red Rocks is making a return after uh, winning easily at Harris or at uh, Freehold, not here in Philadelphia. What you have to ask yourself here is, is Boston Red Rocks back? And obviously this horse, after such a great two-year-old campaign, winning the Breeders' Crown, two-year-old uh, Colton Gelding paces, uh, I don't want to say he was a, a very big disappointment at three years old. I mean, how many you know of us would like to have disappointments to make close to $300,000 in a year? I certainly <laughs> like to have one. But, but you know, Boston Red Rocks, I think the expectations were a little bit higher than he was, but here's the thing. This horse, over the last couple of starts, is starting to look like the Boston Red Rocks that won that Breeders' Crown last time. And, uh, I mean, this horse at Yonkers, and I understand this was maybe a little bit softer competition, but uh, this horse was parked out pretty much the entire mile at Yonkers and was able to win. And uh, I think horses that are parked out the whole way at Yonkers probably win once uh, every six months. So that is a huge, huge, huge effort for Boston Red Rocks. Uh, put the exclamation point on it uh, a couple of weeks later with that huge score at Freehold of 53-4 and four under ramps with Tim Tietrick. I think Boston Red Rocks is back. I think uh, they want to make a statement, and uh, I think the statement could be made right here. Very good odds of 8-1. Uh, to one. What do you think, Jess? I agree with you. I think if you want one with a little bit of a price, I don't think he's going to go off as um, much of a price as he is. But I pick the one racing hill just because he's been racing really good all year other than his um, jug elimination and then being scratched out of the final. I think either the one or the five, Boston Reds rocks could do it in here. Well, uh, Mike, Mike, Mike mentioned how often he cashes a ticket about once every six months. No, I'm just kidding, Mike. Uh, race <laughs> number seven is the three old Colton Gelding Trotters. It <laughs> features Blenheim. I know I'm going to pay for that here in just a minute. Uh, Marion Marauder uh, gets post number two. Southwind Frank, obviously the outside. Marion Marauder, the newest triple crown winner and darn near uh, <laughs> dead heated with South Friend, South wind frank if i could speak mike uh, our friend george Dennis is back with iron up mine up bucky in this field of course you have double l lindy and lagerfeld to the outside jessica what do you think of this race i'm really stuck between the marion marauder and Southwind frank i it just i mean i don't know how could you not love either one of them i really can't pick apart them other than it just depends on who makes it to the front first it's going to be very interesting to see how this race sets up, guys. I think Sutton's got a reasonable chance from post eight. I mean, look at that trip this time. He could completely uh, put a line through that effort. Uh, and this horse has got a couple of straight wins before that. Uh, and this horse did add 
six uh, back in the mid part of September. And if you pick out that race where he had a horrible trip at Lexington, uh, I think this horse makes uh, a major player. Plus, if you remember in the Hamiltonian, this horse is absolutely flying late, made a pretty good account of himself there. Now, is he on the level of a Southwind Frank? I'm not really quite sure. Or Marion Marauder? Probably not. However, it is an elimination race, so it's going to be interesting to see it work from on or off the trot. So uh, give them a long look if you're looking for a price play. Maybe you want to put Marion Marauder and Southwind Frank on top with uh, Sutton second and uh, Sutton on top of those two. So there's some money to be made here, I think, guys. Race number, if I get my program together, race number eight is the two-year-old Philly Pacers in their Breeders' Crown Elimination. And Miss Q to draw the inside. This is kind of an interesting horse that's coming out of the New Jersey um, New Jersey Standard Red Development Fund. I uh, won three straight before finishing second to every way out. Of course, you have Rocket here who finished second to Some Omen Somewhere who draws post number seven. And Some Omen that Somewhere um, for the Nick Surick Stable and Irv Miller, uh, they, they've just been so, so dominant as of late, Mike. And, you know, the, uh, the Irv Miller Stable has uh, <laughs> been a, a force to be reckoned with here lately. Yeah, I mean, she's been very, very good, and uh, the Irv Miller stable's been very, very good. But I want to talk about a horse, I think, that has a little bit of a chance, and this is a horse by the name of V-String. Now, you talk about how quickly two-year-olds can improve, and uh, if you just look through the lines, and you can tell she's got a little bit of speed in certain spots, um, you know, because if you look at that line four starts back, she had the lead at the top of the stretch, hung a little bit, even though she closed in 27-1. and one. A couple of starts before that was parked a mile. Time before that, I uh, tried to use her lay move right at the very end just come up short at 27 to 1 finally hits pay dirt after meadows and last start in uh, the keystone classic uh first time lasix here for v-string i think can make a lot of difference noel daly has a pretty good crop of young horses that are knocking at the door i think if we get 12 to 1 or better on three v-string this could be a very nice long shot to watch jessica what do you think i like the four i like uh the four rocket out of the round burke barn i like that she draws Excuse me, inside of um, the seven, someone somewhere, the favorite for the Irv Miller Barn. I um, do get what you're saying about V-String, though. She's definitely making a little bit of improvement. First time Lasix, I think you said, should definitely help. I mean, between those three fillies, it'll probably be dominant. I'd like to see if the seven's going to leave or duck out of there, maybe let Rocket take the front, but we'll just have to see how the pace sets. Race number nine is the two-year-old Colton Gelding Breeders Crown Elimination. It's a field of trotters. It's a field of ten. And uh, a, another pretty competitive field. Mike, when normally, and Jessica, you got to understand, normally when we do around the horn, we've got a couple of one-to-nine shots we can kind of just skip over and go. But all of these <laughs> are pretty pretty competitive races. And right. uh, this race is absolutely no different. Three-to-one is the morning line favorite here for Bill's Man with driver Corey Callahan. John Bootenshane does the... Uh, conditioning. Bill's man uh, really looked sharp in the International Stallion after finishing second in the Bluegrass to um, Long Torn. Another horse that's really interesting in this field is Jake, but Mike, a horse that I like is uh, Snowstorm Hanover from post number seven. Snowstorm Hanover currently, or well, a five to one on the morning line, uh, could potentially uh, provide a little bit of value. 
Yeah, I think that's a pretty good point. If you're looking for value here, too, keep a horse in mind by the name of Sorty, the number three. And once again, we're going back to the Noel Daly barn. This is a horse that uh, won very uh, nicely back on the 16th of September, I thought, was parked a mile, still was able to get the job done. That was in an overnight affair, broken the bluegrass the very next start. Time after that was post seven, was even against Walner, who obviously is very, very sharp right now and uh, very, very established. So I do think three Sorty does have to take a step up a little bit, but I think if he could show just a little bit of improvement, once again, I think some value can be there. And by the way, Noel Daly and Andrew McCarthy can be a very, very tough combination, especially at odds. Jessica? Uh, if they're going for a little bit of a price, I'm going to have to go with the eight out of the Chris Beaver barn. It looks like um, it's been improving. Uh, it was second in the bluegrass. But for a favorite, I like the five, Jake. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, come home in 27 and four and a qualifier at Mohawk, but I still think, uh, I don't know, this is pretty wide open. I really didn't know what to say on any of them, to be totally honest. I kind of just looked at the line Mike, here, but I, we've got another show better. We got another show better. She's going for a price. I like it. <laughs> I love it. I really, honestly, when I do bet, I only bet to show. <laughs> <laughs> This is why we're friends. This is why we're friends. I got another show better in the in the crowd. How about that? How about that? <laughs> Three-year-old Philly Trotters are up next in their Breeders' Crown Elimination. And Emoticon Hanover uh, is coming off two uh, winning efforts in the Ontario Sire Stakes. Uh, one at Flamborough and, of course, one at Mohawk against a very game Caprice Hill. Mike Flowers and Songs has looked very sharp as well. And Broadway Donna gets post 10. Do you think that the Kentucky Futurity winner is going to have a little bit of a problem from post 10? Well, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, this horse doesn't necessarily have the greatest speed right off the gate. And uh, for crying out loud, I hope Window Shopper, who is probably the most touted horse on Hamiltonian Day, was uh, third. <laughs> 40 to one morning line ended up going off five to one and didn't do a darn thing. But, but, uh, and by the way, for those of you that don't know the story, when I got to Hamiltonian, I was approached by probably four or five different people in a half hour that was touting window shopper and, uh, well, you know, all great plans, but anyway, you know, this horse Listen, did look impressive. Bell. Yes, sir. Real, real quick before you go on, I have to say, I hope Dave little, Dave little got a laugh. Got to laugh at everybody that day. That's all I'm saying. I hope he got well, to laugh at every single one of them. Well, honest, honestly, the thing about it is, is the horse broke. So, I mean, you really don't know what would have happened if the horse stayed flat. So the, the mystery is still out and the debate still lives on, so to speak. But, uh, you know, Window Shopper is obviously a decent horse. So, I mean, is she up to, uh, you know, the potential? Uh, I don't know if, I mean, if she's, you know, up to it. I mean, 15 to one on the board. She did look good though, in their Pennsylvania Constellation and the Liberty Bell, uh, but you know, I don't know how really uh, strong those two fields were, but uh, there is some. Uh, if you're trying to look away from Broadway Donna, there's obviously uh, a lot of horses. I think that can be a factor. Dancing in the Hall uh, shuffled back last time. A winner two starts back. You could certainly th- go there. Like you mentioned, Mike Emoticon Hanover is coming off of a couple of wins against uh, one against Caprice Hill. So if you like Caprice Hill. And if Caprice Hill does damage, then boy, I mean, obviously you got to put some stock into Emoticon Hanover. But like all these races, Mike, it's wide open, and it just seems that a lot of or what's uh, out there of the stand-up favorites in these races are all the way on the outside. So makes uh, for good competitive elimination, Jessica. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Broadway down from the ten hole might be a little tricky. Um, it's a long ways out there for sure. 
But if she doesn't get it done, I think uh, the four emote, whatever that Hanover horse name is, um, I think that one is probably your best in here. I like the winner two starts back, the one at Mohawk, and I think this is Flamborough. I think uh, definitely is a huge competitor against Broadway Donna from the 10 hole. Race number 11 is the three-year-old Colton Gelding, and it's the Trotters, not Pacers yet, Jessica. We're getting there, I promise. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Dominion Beach, Mike, um, is a horse that uh, has kind of been a little bit of a question mark horse. has been uh, raced in the Colonial at Pocono Downs and was seventh, missing by 15 lengths. Uh, but a horse that... Uh, is a little bit of a surprise morning line wise is the eight weightlifter K uh, coming off a fourth place effort in the Kentucky fraternity with after being second in the bluegrass. But Mike bar hopping has just been absolutely dominant uh, against the big two and Marion Marauder and Southwind Frank. It's going to be tough to beat this horse. Yeah, I think Love Matters from the inside has got an opportunity, too. Mike's second time, Lasix, tried to come first over last time, hung a little bit. No Marion Murata, no Southwind Frank in here, so I think, too, Love Matters has a big shot to uh, take it all. But Bar Hopping's been a really, really good as of late, like you say, a winner of three of his last four. Jessica, what do you think? I like Bar Hopping also. I um, also like the eight weightlifter K. Don't like that you draw outside. But I also uh, like, which one was it? Uh, Winter Harbor. Oh, no, 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 not, not Winter Harbor. Uh, Dominion Beach from the inside at 12 to 1. It doesn't show as fast, but he does show a few wins. So, I don't know, maybe he could pick up the pieces if something happens at 12 to 1. All right, here's Jessica's race. It's the 12th race. It's the three-year-old Colton Gelding Pacers. And, uh, guys, we I think we found our one-to-nine race where we can kind of just skip over and betting line uh, draws the inside trader Casey Coleman for driver David Miller. Uh, obviously, Western fame raced very well on Jug Day, was second, just missing by a neck uh, to stolen glimpse in the Tattersalls uh, after winning by a neck in the Bluegrass. Guys, what do you guys think here? Uh, betting line is the uh, prohibited favorite do you guys think betting line is going to be the uh, horse to beat jessica go ahead well duh i mean come on <laughs> he went out of the 10 hole at mohawk last week and did easy i was standing not by the finish line like a little way before it and i thought he was going to get beat i was so upset and that horse just kicked in like that and drew away he is an amazing animal yeah i think i agree <laughs> Listen to this. Listen to this. All right. Race number 13. We got two races left to go. And it's the 13th race. It's the three year old Philly elimination for the Breeders' Crown. It's a field of Pacers. Wishy washy girl uh, was seventh after breaking in the Simpson. And Mike, I got to watch this race uh, with you at Harris, Philadelphia. Obviously, the break cost. Uh, wishy-washy girl, um, a good performance there uh, after winning the New York Sire Stakes final in 153 and three. Of course, Pen Pal just draws to the outside. Of course, you got Blue Moon Stride and Rock Me Baby here, another competitive field. And uh, uh, we can't forget Newborn Sassy, Mike. Newborn Sassy looked fantastic in the Simpson at Harris, Philadelphia. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, once again, we get a kind of a wide-open race in here. I think, um, you know, Newborn Sassy – was able to walk last time, was able to well-timer move, and she held off a quick closing time on my hands, by the way. Uh, Blue Moon Stride can kind of mix it up, can do uh, a couple of different things, race from on or off the pace. I think she's got a, a pretty good chance. As a matter of fact, Tom Janes from VIP Internet, one of his trainers is Mark Harden. He was talking to us a little bit about this horse, and I think she's got a good opportunity. Pen Pal is right there. Linwood Beach Girl is right there. This is a pretty wide 
Right, Jess. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like newborn Sassy. Don't like that she draws outside. Again, like you guys said, uh, the um, all the favorites are drawing the outside. I do like the three pin tail. She's four to one, but she does show improving starts um, of the last few out. Forty nine and one, home in twenty six and four. I think that's a huge mile. I mean, I know it's at Lexington, but I still think she can mix it up a little. All right, and the 14th and final is the Breeders' Crown Elimination for two-year-old Colton Gelding Pacers, and I think we've got another uh, big favorite here in Down by the Seaside. Boogie Shuffle is a horse that I'm sort of questioning, but missed by a length and a half, coming home in 26-2 and two against Down by the Seaside. Mike, I, I really think that Down by the Seaside is the horse to beat here. Well, I think everybody kind of wondered uh, back at Pennsylvania Sire Stakes action in the early part of September if down by the seaside uh, was a little bit of a fluke. 50-1 to 1, almost pulled off the upset against Huntsville. And you know what? He went on to win his next three, all in pretty nice fashion, uh, the, all despite being parked a quarter. So uh, I think down by the seaside has established himself as a threat in this division. And right now he's 2-1 to one morning line. I think that's a good call, rightfully so. You know, Boogie Shuffle's been right there closing him last time against down by the the seaside but honestly i think down by the seaside is an established horse and uh, i think even huntsville are headed for a collision course come uh, next saturday what do you think jess i definitely agree throwing that 149 mile out there last time out in lexington i think if you want some or a horse to mix it up a little bit uh bloodline um for uh, jimmy tactor <clears throat> shows coming home in 27 and one last start in lexington also um I just think, but I think uh, down by the D-side is definitely the best in here, and it will be interesting to see him in Huntsville go at it again. Well, we have gone around the horn, Mike. We had uh, 18 races to go through, and, of course, we didn't get to see, of course, the Wigglet Jigglets and things of that sort um, in this as well. Now, we want to remind our listeners that we will not be having a show next Thursday. Um, our show next Thursday is canceled. Obviously, we are going to be at the Breeders' Crown live um, Friday and Saturday. Mike, we're going to go on at 8 o'clock on Friday night, and we're going to have three hours of coverage of the Breeders' Crown. Jessica Otten is going to be doing a lot of uh, our Witter Circle reaction and uh, some of our patent work on uh, Friday night. And, of course, on Saturday night, she's going to help us out in the Winter Circle, so we're very excited to have you on, Jessica and uh, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a fun week of uh, live racing, Mike. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, you're going to hear uh, myself, Mike, Jessica. You're going to be there. We have Garnet, Gabe Gay Pruitt's going to uh, join the broadcast as well. So it's going to uh, obviously be a lot of fun. And uh, Jessica, I know you're looking forward to it. I've seen some Facebook posts and tweets, and uh, exciting time for you. And uh, hey, listen, just remember we have them outnumbered. It's time that we get the Michigan people some respect and get Michigan people involved here, Jess. Hey, man, I agree. And, yeah, I am I'm beyond excited. I'm pretty sure that's the only thing I've been talking about for the past two weeks. I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep up until next Thursday. Yeah, all right. Well, it's going to be, be a lot of fun. fun. That's well, for sure. Certainly. <laughs> Jess, listen, we're going gonna to let you – we're going to – Jess, we're going to let you go and we're going to wrap up, but uh, we will definitely see you uh, coming up next weekend, Jessica. Sounds good. See you guys then. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jess. All right. That was Jess. She went uh, around the horn with this mic. And, uh, hey, whenever we can get some old weeds involved, that's uh, a big thing. I know she's been involved in racing for uh, ever since she was uh, uh, little. And uh, with, of course, with Dan Peter Rotten, who's got, uh, you know, has been around in Michigan and, and Canada for a long, long time. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's the thrill for her to uh, – to get out here and look at some fantastic horses out on the East Coast. So it's uh, 
it's going to be a great, great time. We're really looking forward uh, to the Breeders' Crown coming up next weekend. And by the way, Mike, not to change the subject, because we're going to keep everybody up to date on our website and on Facebook and Twitter, but uh, we have, and I know we haven't really said anything about it on our broadcast because we've been so busy and jam-packed here this Thursday, but we do have our link out for the post-time awards, our nominations, and Mike, our inbox is just absolutely flooded. Yes. Very much so. We've been getting a lot, a lot of nominations. <laughs> we want our listeners to listen. We want everybody to know, real quick, the uh, the Iron Horse of the Year. We certainly appreciate all the wiggle and jiggle and votes, but we want to. We're trying to keep it to 13 and 14 year old horses with 175 stars. But yeah, Mike Bozich, we have been. It, it's unreal the amount of nominations that we have gotten so far, and. Uh, you know, it's an exciting time of the year. We're excited to put on these awards again. We're also going to have our one-year anniversary show. We're going to have uh, more details on that after the Breeders' Crown. Well, Mike, it has been a fantastic almost two hours. Blog Talk's getting ready to kick us off the air, but uh, we've had a lot of fun. Again, don't forget there is no show next Thursday. We will have shows on Friday and Saturday. They will be six hours of coverage of the Breeders' Crown. So, Mike Bozich, I'm Mike Carter. We thank you for joining us here this evening. We'll see you back on Friday 